0: Welcome to Ink in Your Veins. I'm your host, Rachel Herron. In this podcast, I talk to authors about the best things they've learned about writing so we can try those things too. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 408 of Ink in Your Veins. I'm Rachel Herron. I'm so excited that you are here with me today. As we talk to Lefty Obey, honestly, you're going to be blown away. I've known Lefty a long time now from social media, from other writing circles, but this was the first time we had ever talked in person, and I just want to like put her in my pocket and make her into my best friend or something. You know, she's one of those people, it's going to knock your socks off this interview. We're going to talk about the muses and querying, and uh, you are going to find her as inspiring as I did. I absolutely know it. So please stick around for the interview portion. That'll be coming up right quick. What's going on around here? It's summer. I'm still swimming in the sea as often as possible. I think I've been three times this week. I went yesterday by myself, um, which I often go by myself to the beach, but Yesterday was uh, still during work hours, and I still had work to do. I had taught all morning and into the afternoon, and I had some stuff I wanted to go think about, and I'll talk about that in a moment, but I wanted to go to a cafe by the sea, and I brought my swimsuit just in case, and when I went to the cafe at this one beach that I like in Lyle Bay, the cafe was so crowded, and I'm COVID careful, and I still mask, and I didn't want to be inside a crowded, very warm cafe, so I just took my drink and I went and sat in the car and I wrote and worked on this new idea in the car with a strip of blue sea gleaming at me. Um, If you look at instagram.com slash Rachel Heron, you could see pictures of that. And then I changed in the car and went out to the beach and lay on the sand and then went in for a swim. And there were other people like me, just solo, mostly solo women, just sitting on the beach for a while, walking in and paddling around, swimming out and back. And it was heaven. It was truly heaven. And I just never get over the fact that I am allowed to do this. I got some work done and I went into the sea Gosh, I love summer, especially after a wet, cold winter. So I uh, many of you may be in that polar vortex that is happening right now. It looks awful. I love to look at the um, Earth Null School site. I've mentioned it before, but you can spin the globe. I do that at night sometimes when I've run out of social media to look at because I've already spent my 30 minutes, but I I don't want to put the phone down yet. And I look at the misery index because I like to make sure that my loved ones are not inside the misery index. And that shows where it's hottest on the earth and where it's coldest on the earth. And Jesus Christ, so many of you are right now in the coldest place on earth. So, um, oh wow, four monarch butterflies just flew by. Yes, that's what my brain is doing today. Uh, Anyway, I hope you are warm where you are, and I'm enjoying the sea. Back to this new idea. So, I have a writing coach. You have heard me probably talk about her. You definitely heard me and Sasha Black talk about her. Her name is Ellie. She is with Becca Symes' group. That's how we found her. And I don't see her as often as I should. I want to see her quarterly, and I'm going to make that happen because when we talked the other day, oh boy, I'm going to tell you something that she said. And I loved this. And Ellie is um, feet on the ground, she looks at things dispassionately with interest and with this uh, overarching view, right? That's why we use coaches. They can they can see things that we can't see. And I said something in my worried voice to her, like, "Um, you know, I'm pulling back on teaching this year because I want to make more space for writing, but who do I think I am pulling back on what is right now the most lucrative part of what I do? And she just said, how do you know it's the most lucrative part? And my brain said, well, because I know my money. I watch my finances. I'm good at finance and I watch what's coming in. And then I heard what she was saying. She was saying, how do you know if you haven't tried the other things? How do you know if you haven't made the space for other things to come in? And it was an incredible moment. And then in the, the, I don't know, 10 minutes later, we were talking about finances and about money and I said something about how lucky we were that I could afford to do this, that we have some savings in the bank that we could pull back a little bit and um, tighten the belt even more and eat out less. And and she said, wait a minute, let's talk about that lucky. How did that happen? And then we went back in time and I talked about my history with extreme debt at one point, $120,000 of consumer debt that was not part of our mortgage, um, that we before I learned how to, before I learned what money was, before I learned how to handle money, which I did not do until I was, until I was about 41. No, that's not possible. 13. Yeah, I was about 40. I was about 40. I'm 51 now. I'm about, I was f- 39 or 40 when I first started understanding how money worked and how to save it and how to pay things off. And we had this discussion about how hard that had been but how much I had learned and how I loved learning that. And I got this idea and I'm just going to say it out loud because I'd love to hear from you if this is something, and I have a specific ask. So here it is. I'm thinking about writing a personal finance book for people who are not looking to manifest millions magically. Uh, This is for real people who just have shame and fear around the fact that They don't really know how to make ends meet uh they don't really know what a roth ira is they don't really know how the hell to even start getting out of the debt that they don't even quite understand how they got there or how much it is um i i think i'm saying out loud that i want to write that book it is absolutely not in my wheelhouse it is not a genre that i write and i am not a finance expert i do not have an mba I just have a lot of hard-earned knowledge that I think I can share in a way that is um, anti-patriarchal, uh, in a way that l- understands that we have to live within late-stage capitalism, but we don't have to approve of it, but how do we do this ethically? And how do we do it together in a community? How do we form friendships that allow us to learn this stuff um, fun in a fun and easy way. And I know that that might sound antithetical to the shame and fear that goes around money and talking about money, but you know that I have always been serious about talking about money and more transparency around these things. So I think I want to write about it in a Rachel way, not in an MBA, uh, make millions, because you say affirmations way, because I honestly think a lot of that is um, uh, can be super harmful to different populations. And I want to do it, so I'm saying it. And the reason I'm saying it out loud is, uh, number one, I'm scared of it, so of course I'm saying it out loud. And number two, I want to talk to people who have learned the hard way how to handle money. I'd love to ask you some questions. Also, I'd love to get... Um, your name and information. If you would like to go with me through um a little a little lesson plan that I'm gonna be putting in the book, would you like to be my guinea pig? I'm literally coming up with this on the fly, y'all. Like I had thought about it this morning when I was journaling, but I hadn't said it out loud. Um, if you would like to be with me on that side, of it. I would love it if you reached out to me. Rachel at rachelherron.com. Just got to spell the name right, but then it will come right to me. Um, Let me know if you have learned about money the hard way. What have you learned? And, or could be a both. Um, Let me know if you would like to be with me while I am formulating the simple, fun, friendly, helpful lessons that you would get from your old pal rachel and perhaps share with a pal in your life who also needs to take the step and the reason i'm doing it this way i'm thinking of it kind of like a book club um is that i could never have taken the steps i did with our finances and how how scary they were uh if my friend sophie wasn't doing it with me we were both beyond broke we were so upside down she was going through a divorce and had no money and didn't understand how to make ends meet. And I was 40 and unable to make the bills because I didn't know what we needed or how to how to do it. And we face things together. And I think that together part is super, super important. You also know how I feel about community. So anyway, now I feel like I've taken my clothes off on air and um, I'm going to stop talking. But it feels, it feels like the right place to say this. And it also feels like the right time to say it in... A, on a day when you're going to be hearing from Lefty right now, um, because she's going to rock your world. Here we go. Here is her bio. Lefty Obey is a horror writer who lives near Quebec City. Her flash fiction story, Can't Stand It Anymore, was published in the collection Wherever We Roam, and it was chosen as an honorable mention. She is the host of Lefty Obey's writing podcast, where she shares her writing journey with vulnerability and positivity. You can find her on Instagram and TikTok at Lefty Obey. And she is currently querying her debut horror novel. Please enjoy this gorgeous, intimate, heartfelt conversation. And um, yeah, reach out to me if you'd like to. All right. I'll talk to you soon, my friends. Bye. Well, I am so pleased to welcome to the show an old friend that I have never met in person until this moment. Will you please share your name and your pronouns with us?
1: My name is Lefty Obey, and my pronouns are she, her. Oh, we have. how long have we known each other? Years? Very, very long. Like, a long time. I-, I, was, I was a baby, baby writer <laughs> when we met.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it is so exciting to have you on the show because you are at a really exciting part of your writing journey. Can you kind of give us a backstory of your writing and where you are today in that process? So I've been writing
1: for like... 15 years, um, about like eight of those years, like more seriously, more professionally, with a professional mm-hmm. mindset. Uh, starting to listen to podcasts such as yours and um, the pedal to the metal. I loved it so much. <laughs> for me, it will always be the pedal to the metal. Uh, <laughs> me too. It had me su- too. <laughs> <laughs> it had such a big impact in my in my writing journey and really made me become serious about doing this as a career. I love that. Yay. So yeah, I've been writing for all this time, and <laughs> all I have to show for it, like externally is a short story published that
0: I didn't get paid for
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but you are published
0: um, and that yeah, is amazing and congratulations yeah. and yeah. and where are you, and what are you working on right now because I, I know I'm, so, I'm leading, leading the question.
1: <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> so uh, after all those years of trying to finish a book and trying to come to a place where I could submit to to agents, uh, I finally finished my uh, first novel this year, my first novel ever, which is really, 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 really amazing. Uh, This novel took me like four years to to finish. And before that, I had written like four first drafts of novel that I never managed to get to this point. Uh, So I could finally start querying. So I started querying at the beginning of October. Uh, So it's been two months. I have sent um, 90 queries so far. Good job. Excellent. And um, I've had 30... Eight rejections so far. Uh also and, good job.
0: We celebrate yeah. every single rejection. It proves yeah. that you are writing, like it's literally worth throwing a party over. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I've had four requests so far. That's um awesome. yeah. Two of those are still uh outstanding, so I'm still waiting for them. And I just got a rejection, my first rejection on a fold today. Well, let's let's talk about
0: that. So for people who don't know maybe this language that we're talking about, what Lefty is doing is um, you completed a book, you wrote a query letter, and you're sending it out to agents to see if they want to represent this book to be sold to a traditional publisher. And when you send out that query, you either normally we get a rejection or we hear nothing, which is also a rejection. After about six weeks, we count that as a rejection. I really like, I always think a query letter is... Needs some revamping or reworking. Um, If you're not getting about a two to a five percent request rate, and you're getting that, you are getting you're yeah, getting I'm at more like than four, that four four point four percent at it's, the moment. Exactly, and that is that is a perfect place to be. That means your query letter is working, and you are grabbing the attention of people who are looking for books, and and you know the rejection straight out. It hurts, but okay. The <laughs> ignoring, it also hurts, but it's actually a little bit better because at least it wasn't a rejection. <laughs> but let's talk about the the rejection on the full. So what the full means is um, the agent will come back and say, I'd like to see either a partial manuscript or a full manuscript. And they make the call yep. and then you send it to them and then you wait on pins and needles for the yeah. agent to get back to you. Um, and then it really can hurt when you get the rejection on the full. Do you, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to tell me to? Yeah, absolutely. I like I did all the
1: <laughs> processing today. <laughs> okay,
0: good. Yeah.
1: So actually, this was my I I got this uh requ- this request following uh, Pit Dark the um, pitching event on Twitter, um, and the agent like uh, I sent her the query with my synopsis and she was like your synopsis shows so much uh, potential and she loved it. So I was really excited, but she thought like the pages needed work. So I reworked my pages. I submitted them to her and she actually requested my full following that. Uh, but then she said she read it all and she felt like it still needed too much work on a line level, which I've had other agents say that my writing was strong on a line level, but like it was the concept that didn't grab them. So, you know, you get oh, it's so opposing hard. thoughts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and she was like, I cannot expect you to do that type of work. And I was like, I'm glad to do that type of work, like, but it right. right. it just showed that she wasn't the right agent for me because the right yes. agent
0: will be happy to do this type of work with me. And that is something I was just talking about with a, with a person pretty recently who was, who was really concerned that their manuscript was not going to be in perfect shape to send to this agent. That was yeah. their dream agent. And I was like, the manuscript doesn't have to be in its tip top perfect shape. Agents expect yeah. that they w- the right agent for the right book will work with you. And when mm-hmm. I look back on the the book that my agent took me for, it's it was it was <laughs> not good. And we did so much work on it. And I'm such a better writer now. But she she wanted the concept and she wanted me, and it was the package deal. Yeah. And that yeah. person wasn't right for you, but it still sucks. Yeah. So let's celebrate but- you living through that and Yeah, but I just
1: want to say what I did to to get through it because I think it could be helpful to other writers. So when the rejection came, like it really hurt and I wanted to cry. Of course, I'm surprised you did not. I usually did. I was with my kids, so I managed Uh, to contain it a bit. But um, I'm lucky that I have like a day job who's flexible. So I just asked like for a couple of hours of work because I just, I couldn't work. So I, I watched a movie. I watched with Whiplash, which is a movie which helped me <laughs> with popcorns. And then I meditated. And then after that, I was like, "Okay, let's go. We're we're going back, and we'll find the right agent. And I will go back to this manuscript, and I'll see if I can make it better before I get another request." And I was like, "I'm not stopping. Like I will find the right agent at the right time." So, so yeah. You did
0: some amazing things there. You. You did something that you enjoyed that that would also take you out of your head a little bit, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, but in a healthy way, you, you know, you didn't drink a fifth of vodka. Um, and, and then you did something really beautiful kind of like for your mind and spirit with the meditation. And then you were able to move forward. And I am not saying that anybody who this happens, who goes through this should be able to do it in a movie and a meditation. I feel like you might be pretty advanced along this pathway because yeah. some of us would take... 70 movies and four <laughs> hours of meditation to even be able to like go back to email. So, um, but really well done.
1: But I have lots of experience with rejection. And I think like during those, those eight years that I've been working a lot, writing a lot, I've been writing lots of short story because for some reason I taught that having some sort of short stories published would help me get an agent and now i know that it's actually the other way around like when you have a book published it's easier to get short stories out it's but anyway true. yes <laughs> that's the like whole <laughs> but i worked on short story and i submitted them like super intensely so i got used to rejection on a smaller level And and got to understand that it doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, it's just, it's not the right market. It's not the right place. It's not the right time. And like right now I have a short story I've submitted to like 23 markets. And, but I've had like many people tell me that they love this story, that it's super good and everything. So I know right now that it doesn't have anything to do with me or my story, but it took me all that time of processing uh, rejection to get to this point and like before I would cry so much when I got a rejection and I would be like maybe I should stop this like you know this scene in La La Land where she said maybe I'm not good enough like this is what I felt every time I got a rejection like maybe I'm just not good enough but the the fun part about writing is that the more you write the more you read the more you try the better you get and eventually you'll be good enough
0: yeah and but what a fantastic way to do it on the the micro level with the short stories yeah um because you could then write another one and and send it out as widely and i um i just have a a student last week who had gotten she's she's been sending out um, short stories and she got she'd gotten 45 rejections and just got an acceptance like rejection wow. just flat out rejection just got an acceptance at a truly prestigious journal who just said this wow. is the best thing ever and we love it and it shows that it is great she knew it was good but after 45 rejections you're like no it's not great but it is it yeah. is it was looking at yeah. the right place yeah yeah yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited for you on this journey. All right. Let's talk to Me you too. about um, the questions I love to ask on this show. Uh, what is, what does your, your writing process look like? Where do you fit it into your incredibly busy life? With a job? Yeah, with because kids. I
1: have Yeah, I have two kids, small kids. So one is at daycare, The other one is at school and I have a full-time day job. So yeah. It's, and I've oh, chosen to be in harmony in my life because like this time last year I was trying to do it all and and do too much and I was neglecting my physical health my mental health I was neglecting too much my sleep and I just became really really sick Uh, like really 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 sick so I really understood that it was important for me to be in harmony in every aspect of my life because if I didn't do that, I could not write. So I needed that in order to have my writing career. Whereas before I thought like, I need to put everything in the writing career. And when I will be a full-time writer, then I will be in harmony, but it doesn't work that way.
0: Um, It is so healthy and so good. It actually can get worse later on, like as you, as the books are published. So the fact that you know that now and are working and and are doing that. So talk to us about that harmony. How have you set that up? (laughs)
1: I wake up at four in the morning. Oh my God. Okay. I'm throwing Harmony out the window now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I go to bed at nine. So it's not that bad. Like I still get (laughs) my
0: seven hours of sleep.
1: (laughs) But um, this time in the morning is like the time that my partner is asleep and my kids are asleep. And this is my time for me. Like it's, it's the best time for me. And I wasn't like, um, how do we say that when you, you wake up early in the morning? Oh, the early bird, the lark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't an early bird at all. Like I developed myself into one. Um, but uh, so I wake up at four. I do my meditation because it's super important for me. Uh, then I do a bit of journaling, a bit of intention. And then I go into writing before like the big routine with the kids and everything. And it gives me just about like 45 to 30 minutes of, of writing per day that's all we need
0: that is all we need yeah right? yeah but this is something that i'm
1: struggling with because i love writing so much and i want to do it so much and it's like oh if only i had more time but uh so then i do like all of my days and then routine with the kids and when the kids are asleep i do my walk with my dog um to try to move my body and move <laughs> my dog mm-hmm. too uh, and then i have this time at the end of the day where i allow myself to do whatever i want so reading, watching TV, or sometimes it will be writing when I'm super motivated by a project. So, so that's about it. And uh, on the weekends, like that's the period where I'm spending time with my kids, with my partners, doing mom stuff too, mm-hmm. <laughs> like laundry, which needs to be done at some point. Uh, but I'm protecting now my weekends, really making them not about writing, but about family, because you know this time never comes back. So uh, that's how I found like harmony, but I'm struggling with like not having enough
0: writing time, to be honest, because I, I just love it. (laughs) That's, but uh, there's something also delicious about, you know, not having quite enough time because your heart is always like, oh, I can't wait to get back. I can't wait to get back. You're, you never have the point where like, oh God, I gotta go write some more. You're like, I get to go write. I get to go do this. What are you working on right now while you are querying?
1: Uh, so I started working on um, a short story, uh, a horror short story, just to, it, the idea was nagging at me <laughs> a lot, like uh, it, it wanted to be written, so so I'm writing it, uh, and just to give me like something small to finish and complete yes. before I go back into another novel that will take me four years to write again. <laughs> um, and also Lovely like I'm torn cleanser. between, what?
0: Oh, I'm oh, sorry, uh, l- a palate cleanser. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm torn between two ideas. So so I'm just waiting to see like which idea will be the one to, to be the next project, but uh yeah, I'm working on a on a short story right now and I'm having so much fun with it. It's fun to to go into a new characters and universe after like so long with the same book. Like yes. it just feels good to write something new
0: it must be so freeing and also that was an excellent perfect answer about what you are doing while you're querying is writing and so many people say no 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 I'm in the querying phase and I always say no you I mean take some time to write that query letter and perfect it but then it's only going to take you five minutes every once in a while to send out 10 or 20 more it but I took a month
1: off completely to send those like 90 queries because it takes like a lot of times, especially if you personalize as much as Yet you to can to find
0: them. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, which I'm trying to do. So I took some time off, but now I started the new project, and and it yeah, it's fun, mm, <laughs> and it takes good. the the mind of the project. There is something new that that you can have some hope for. So if this doesn't work, then there's something else waiting. Whereas when you don't have anything, like it can be discouraging a bit.
0: <laughs> you are doing this so beautifully. What is your biggest <clears throat> challenge when it comes to writing?
1: So there's the time, of course, <laughs> always yes, well, feeling yes, like I don't yes. have enough time. But uh, I would say my my biggest, biggest challenge has always been like self-doubt. Um, I started being super confident, like when I was like in my teenage year, when I started writing, I thought I was this like child prodigy would like get famous instantly. <laughs> so i was crushed down pretty quickly when i started trying to 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 publish and i got yeah. all those rejection and i think getting all those rejection and being alone for so long also in, in in my writing career i started to think like i'm not good at this i'm not good enough and i started doubting basically everything that i was doing um and I tried to learn a lot to to combat that, but but yeah, it's it's uh it's a big process. And in the last year, I said, I've done major work on this, and I'm seeing how, it, how much it's affecting my writing when I'm trusting myself, trusting my muse. Muses plural, <laughs> I believe there is more than one. Uh, and trust. Oh, you can't just idea. let that hang
0: there. Talk to talk to us about the muses. What, what, oh, are, what are they to you? I would love to. I would love to go there. Let's go there.
1: I, I, I'm very woo woo when it comes to me them, too. All those so
0: <laughs> let's do it.
1: Yeah. I know that it's not a problem for you. So I, I see them usually like in my shower, that's when I am like able to visualize them the most. And like, there is one who's uh, responsible for like world building. And she's the one who thinks about all those crazy things that like the imagery and, and the, the world the magic system and all those things and there's the one who's super lyrical like she's the one for the prose like pu- doing beautiful sentences uh there's the one like who plans like structurally the one so who make sure everything works on a big level and then there's the librarian who just goes and pick up things in every book like uh, craft book yes. or uh, other book published to be able to to make something good and new and there's the girl on her office, she's the one with tons of paper. She never looks at me. She's always down on the paper, and she's the one who runs it all. She's someone who makes sure that everyone does his job, and she's the one I communicate with when I write. Like she's the one who I can like make contact with because the other one are too much like in the air. That's
0: beautiful.
1: <laughs> and That's how I con- see
0: it. That is beautiful, <laughs> and you make contact with them all, and with her in particular, because you show up, because you do the work. You can, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know how you feel about this. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I believe yeah. that we we cannot contact the muse or muses unless we are doing the work. Like we can think yeah, and hope and pray absolutely. and talk to them and wish for ideas. But until our fingers start moving on the keyboard, they don't start.
1: Yeah. And we need to believe in them and know yes. they're them and trust them like yes. the lyrical one I talked about like the one on the line level for mm-hmm. so long I touched didn't exist I thought I didn't have that kind of news but when I was open to say that maybe I was able to write beautiful sentence suddenly she appeared and I was like I can't write beautiful <gasps> sentence so now I trust her when I need her I know she's there and it I'm... makes all the difference
0: I'm having goosebumps. When are you going to write this <laughs> article so that we can all read about? It? Seriously, this is. This I is will so do a podcast beautiful.
1: episode at some point. Please uh, do on, on all those things. This and uh, the ideas too. Like for me, ideas. There's a big woo-woo about this. Like a bit like um, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert in The Magic. But yeah. I'm I agree with you that ideas wait on you. They absolutely do wait on you. <laughs> I think. But they do. Uh, I, I, I really believe that ideas are external to us and yes. that's actually who i'm trying to please when i'm writing it's not like a potential reader it's not even myself it's the idea because i'm doing the work for for them so that, that makes it me could want be to cry. like manifested into the world
0: <laughs> that like brings tears to my throat that is such <laughs> a beautiful idea that you are I an mean, I idea of an idea we're very meta yeah. right now but but <laughs> but pleasing that idea and satisfying that idea yeah I'm gonna really have to chew on that I think that is <laughs> incredible and when I when I let go of what I'm trying to do and I allow what is supposed to happen and just supposed to come through me that is when writing is the easiest and the most joyful yeah Yeah, exactly.
1: And it also helps me because, you know, I'm sure you're this way too. We get so much more ideas than we will be able to write. And I'm making lots of peace with the fact that sometimes those ideas will go to another creator. Yes. And when that happens, like I'm super happy. And when I see that the creation that was born out of an idea that visited me, that happened to me. (laughs) And the the movie that came out of it was like so amazing and i knew i wasn't the right creator for this idea so i let it go but i was like sad because i was like oh my god you're so good but i'm not the right and when i saw the idea manifested i was like i was crying because it was so beautiful and i'm like you made the right choice like you you contacted the right writer and i'm so happy for you that that you got manifested in this way and and i talk again in the shower <laughs> with my ideas but I feel like seeing them as they just need to be manifested right into the world and it's not about us, it's about them, like it allows us to have a bit of detachment because I had some friends who like this happened to them, like they wrote a whole book and then a book got published and got super big that was basically the same idea and they were crushed by it. But I was like, the goal is not for us to to write all the books, like the goal is we for can't. the idea yeah. to be manifested
0: yeah oh that is <laughs> serious Ser- okay we can hang up now because I just I need to go like lie down and think about this this is really incredible
1: <laughs> what that's super what, woo like it's, I'm, I'm it's super woo, and, it, woo it, and I know with it's, you but I, I love seeing it this way like it, yeah. it allows me to detach from it a bit and it's just just me because if it's like I think it Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this like the you need to to be detached so that if it gets big, like it's not all you and you don't get your ego like busted up yes. or if it doesn't go wrong, if it goes wrong, then it's not all you too. So, so I think there's something healthy about seeing it as something that comes through you and not just you created it all alone by yourself. You know,
0: it, it, it just makes ultimate sense too, because we all, we all have the same, Critical voices—the ones who say that we're not good enough, we're not worth it, we're not worth doing this. We're um, this will never happen to us—and that's kind of what proved to me that that muses existed too. Was that Mm -hmm. if we all hear the same voice, the exact same critical voice, and everybody does across all creative passions, then it's not us. It's not me. I'm not creative enough to be that mean. You know, it's just an external force that I need to be able to say, "Thank you. I will need your critical opinion when I'm in revision, but I do not need it now. Please go sit over there and take your time." You can't have any control over this. So then when the muse comes, she's also not me. You know, she's and she's that And that external. helps
1: mm-hmm. to know that the voice of resistance is not you. Like when yeah. I understood this concept because of the war of art, like it made all the difference because suddenly it wasn't me who were critiquing myself like it yes. was just something out there yes. and uh, it's easier not to listen to it when you know that it's just out there and it's not yourself you know and, and, every... and that's made a
0: huge difference in my writing me too. Career. me too and that every other single person that I admire the most hears the same voice you know that is yeah that's incredible oh yeah can you I feel like you already have um but can you share a craft tip with any of us
1: uh so um I have two I will do yes please <laughs> if it's okay with yes me. of course um so so the first is I got from from StoryGrid um and I think it's it's what made the most difference like in, in my writing and it's to think about the shift in scenes and I do a draft pass with everything where I just look at the shift I got the draft pass from you and it changed like my editing completely <laughs> it's so much good, magical. good. So I will do this this draft pass to be sure that there's a clear shift in every scene so you know that the sh- scene have a purpose so it can be a shift like um for the characters, So maybe at the beginning of the scene, she thinks the guy doesn't like her. And at the end of the scene, she realizes he does. Or it can be a shift for the reader too. And that changed a lot when I understand that it it doesn't have always to be the the character who has a shift. Mm -hmm. So for example, you can think, the reader can think at the beginning of the scene, there's only one suspect for this murder, for example. And at the end, like, oh, no, no, there's another one. But the character doesn't know it. So, So that's something that I think it's super important to to make sure that every scene works um and then this other one like it becomes my superpower (laughs) and it's when you're confronted with any writing problem no matter what it is it can be like writing um the query letter to like having a big plot hole um or just writing the first page anything you go and you you go see like Just, uh, just give me a second. My dog wants to,
0: (laughs) of course, we welcome dogs on this show. Oh, it wants to go away. Okay. Bye dog. (laughs) Yeah. I want it to go away because my partner just, just
1: arrived. (laughs) Um, So when you have a problem with your story, you go check like three to five other stories in your genre, your category, and you go see how the writer fixed the problem in their story. So you can see, uh, it will make you think about ways that you can actually do it. So if your middle is sagging, then you can go and pinpoint what did the writer do in the middle of their book to make it move forward. So then you can say, okay, I can play with this. I can play with this. And sometimes you will realize that it's about the same thing in every novel, just done differently. So you can play with it too. And you can turn the tropes on their head. So that's something that I really love because I know that no matter the challenge I will face when I'm writing a book, there's always like a solution and I can find it like in my library or in the movies or something like that. So so that's
0: my uh, that's something that helped me so much when I started doing that. That's beautiful. And I love that um, if we ask the question and then we look for the answer. I like how you said it can be found in books or it can be found in movies. But the point is, is that you ask the question, like, I'm stuck here in the middle. What do other people do in the middle? Then you're going to see middles uh, uh, everywhere else. Or The thing that you are asking about will then come to be viewed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really like the way you think about this stuff. (laughs) All right. What is the kindest thing anyone's ever done for you in your writing career?
1: I think the the kind of thing we can do for each other as writers is to believe in one another. Yeah. Um, and like you've been part of this at the very beginning, you've had no reason to believe in me because you have never read anything that I've done. But just by my vibe, like you told me, you believed in in the possibility that I could make this, and 100%, I've had the I had a chance. Do. And I've had so many people in this journey that I developed a relationship with who believed in me along the way, either because they read what I've done and they were like, okay, it's good, or just because they heard me talk about it and I really think this belief when you have no external proof that you're going to make it to have those people around you who believe in you no matter what, like, it it makes all the difference in the world. And it doesn't have to be like, for me, like my parents believe in me and my partner believes in me, but I know that some people don't have those people believing in them. But it could be anybody else that you meet on social media or in writing groups or things like that. And it really makes the whole difference. And that's the trick you told me like years ago when I was really struggling. You said, go find your people. Did and I say it? I'm glad that,
0: because that's that's so important. It's the one of it's, that's the
1: best tip I ever
0: had. <laughs> yeah. It really is, right? I don't I don't ever sugarcoat that. Like it is one of the top most important things, like up there with reading up there with reading yeah. and being passionate about words is making your community, finding your people, no matter it, no matter how hard you have to do, ha- how hard you have to work to find them, you have to find them.
1: Because yeah. like you need to have people who understand what you're going through in that, because the, the people who are not writer, who aren't uh, pursuing the same thing as you will not understand the struggle that you live in being understood and still being believed in no matter the struggles like yes. makes really all the difference and and if anybody listening like has trouble finding their people like i have uh the third episode of my podcast is all about writing friends and how to find them and i give like all the ways i've made writing friends because now i have like i'm so lucky i have so many amazing writer friends So, so I just gave all the ways that I found those people and, and really get, go check that out and and go find your people because it really, really, really makes it all way, way, way easier. Even though it's still hard, it's easier when you're not alone.
0: And if you search for Lefty Obey on any podcast catcher, it will be there. Oh, um, A-U-B-E. So that will, that will come right up. How about, what is the kindest thing that you've done for yourself as a writer?
1: Work on my mindset. Um, and how? Really, tell me how you have done that. Uh, so, so I've gone deep, deep, deep into personal development. I've gone deep into manifestation. I've gone deep into, like I said, meditating and and, and just um, listening to other writers who have gone through this path and who made it at the end, being what I want to be, which is a full-time writer, and and really trying to understand how my brain works to be able, like you said, like to say that this voice who says that it's, it's not true and to be able to process it all because when you're not working on your mindset, you can be so destroyed by all of the things that happen in this journey. And this journey is supposed to be fun. Life is supposed to be fun. So if it's not, there's something you can do. For yourself and it's work on your mindset because if you wait for external thing to make you feel good in this journey it, it, will. it will not work I've tried for a long time and it <laughs> didn't work And when I started to try to find those answer internally and find this validation internally and to sit with my thoughts and to analyze my thoughts and decide to change them like it really made all the difference and and yeah that's the kind of thing I did for myself
0: <laughs> and what that does for us is it puts us in this in this beautiful place of always being able to find contentment in this moment no matter yeah. where it is whether we are just thinking about writing whether we're pre-publication whether we're post-publication um it's whether it's- we got the rejection <laughs> yeah whether we got the rejection on the full today <laughs> <laughs> and that oh yeah they could not be anything. I I already believed in you one hundred percent, but now I believe in you like one thousand percent. By <laughs> the way. <laughs> Um, but that's what happens. And <laughs> often I so talk hard. about it, like we believe in our writing friends so much. And then what's always funny is that like, you know, writing friends have a lot of writing friends and there's a lot of books out there. And eventually I'll get around to reading a writing friends book. And I'm like, hey, this is as good as I thought it would be. <laughs> it's, always, it's always so nice, but I'm, I'm always right. Um, okay. So speaking about books, what is the best book that you have read recently and why did you love it?
1: Oh my god! Um, I read an amazing book by uh, my friend <laughs> recently. She hasn't published yet, so so I cannot. <laughs> She's worrying too. Uh, but the the best uh book that I have read recently, which is published, is uh, "The Need" by Ellen Phillips, and um, it's. I really think that. When something is good, like even if it's not exactly the genre that you like, you can really like it, and that's why yes. I'm trying like every genre. Yes. <laughs> and this is more literary than what I usually like to read, mm-hmm. but I wanted to read a book like about mothers because my book is is a mother book and speculative, and that was it. And I just I fell into this book like wholeheartedly, and I read it so fast, and I was like this was amazing but i've had i've heard many people say that they really don't like it <laughs> but but for me like oh my god like i loved it all and like the ending is weird but i loved it weird and yeah it was it was it was great i really really really
0: loved it that's the mark of a successful book for me is a book that inspires big emotions in people whether it is that they love it or hate it we don't want that ambivalence in the middle. That's, yeah. that's That's where things die. Yes. Okay. So if people want to follow along on your journey, what are the best places where we can find you?
1: The best place is Instagram. Uh, I've been doing my Instagram account for so long and, and I really, really love Instagram. You're so good at my it. Home.
0: You're so good at it. I really love the way you write on it. You use it as like, you know, mini journals, mini blogs. And yeah, so exactly. Enjoyable. That's
1: exactly yeah. what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm always like sharing my journey and what I'm going through with as much vulnerability as I can, because I think it's important to show the struggles and it's important to show the rejection. And the number of times people have DM me saying, oh, my God, thank you for sharing this, because I know that I'm not alone now. Like, it's it's worth everything. And I'm always also positive. Like, I think you can see it from this interview. <laughs> like. I'm always trying to come back to, to, to being positive because that's just the way that I am. I'm a, I'm a Ted Lasso <laughs> in that way, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's Amen. what I'm doing yeah. with my, with my Instagram. And if you are a writer querying and you're interested, like in the whole querying process, just shoot me a DM and I will add you to my close friends list. And on this list, like I share every rejection I get as I get them. Uh, And I'm not sharing them like publicly just because like it's answers from from agent. And I just want to keep it a little bit more private, but
0: a smart idea, though.
1: Yeah, but but everyone who, who sends me a DM saying, hey, I'm interested in seeing your rejection, like I will put you in and you will have everything like it's not like super. Uh, just for my close 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 friends but um I just want really it to be for writers so um so you can do that and I also have a podcast that I haven't like updated in a long time because I'm trying to have some harmony in my life and when I was doing it every week like it was just taking way too much time and I was not sleeping (laughs) (laughs) yeah which is not good uh, yeah. But I want to keep on doing it. Like doing this with you really wants me, makes me want to do an episode. I want to do an episode about finishing my book, about my attitude towards querying, yes. staying like happy in querying. And I will do one about the muses just for you.
0: Please <laughs> do. Going I am... deep with the muse and the ideas. I am so serious about that. I need to listen to that like yesterday. <laughs> I just I just think it's such a beautiful concept in the and the way that you explained it is just rocking my world. So yes, 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 yes. (laughs) So I will keep on doing it.
1: Like the the podcast isn't dead. I will keep on doing it. And once I'm a a full-time writer, because I will be at some point, once I'm a full-time writer, it will be updated every week. So the the podcast is here to stay forever. (laughs) Uh, And I'm sharing like my entire writing journey is the first episode. Like I go back like when I was in, in, in preschool, <laughs> like I go back super and I say everything. So, so there's a lot there. If, if you, if you enjoyed our conversation today, <laughs> I there
0: the person who doesn't enjoy our conversation is a cold dead stone. Well, stone, <laughs> stones, I don't think are dead. So like, just, 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 yeah um everyone has enjoyed this conversation and i hope they have enjoyed it half as much as i have because this has just been tremendous and wonderful and how lovely thank you for being on the show lefty
1: thank you so much for inviting me like i'm so 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 happy
0: thanks for joining me on this episode of ink in your veins You can reach me at my website, rachelherron.com, and you can also support me at patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, where I have all sorts of great stuff for writers for as little as a buck a month. And do sign up for my free writer's email list of encouragement at rachelherron.com slash write. Now, get to writing, my friends.